Welcome to the Superpowers for Good Show, folks. We're thrilled to have you. I'm your host, Nevin Thorpe, and today I'm just so excited. I have a gentleman with us that I think of as a dear friend, but he's really a, a, just a, a giant in the social change arena. Uh, we have with us today social, uh, Sam Daly Harris, uh, who is the author of Reclaiming Our Democracy uh, and the founder of Results. Uh, I, you know, the the millions upon millions of people who are alive today because of this man, uh, it's hard to count. Uh, uh, Sam, welcome to the show. It's thrilled to have you back. It's great to be here. Well, uh, it, it is just a, an honor to have you. Um, I, I wonder if for the sake of those who may not have heard or remembered our, our past episodes, if you would just take a minute and kind of frame for the group uh, how it is that you came to do this work, uh, what kind of your origin story. Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, I would love to. And, you know, the, the, the word that I use is story of self. And I use it because it comes from a Harvard professor, Marshall Gans, who developed this, what happened in your life and what decisions did you make that got you to this commitment. I'm going to do a little shortened version of it, but starting out, I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in music, and I played percussion instruments in the Miami Philharmonic Orchestra and taught high school music. Uh, and then 43 years ago, I founded the anti-poverty lobby results. And a lot of times the question is, music, poverty lobby, what's the connection and when I look back in my life, there's certain experiences that start pointing me in a different direction. And there were two deaths that really had an impact on me, especially in 1964, when I was a senior graduating from high school, and 1968, when I was a senior graduating from college, uh, a friend a year younger in high school died the day before college graduation. And Robert Kennedy was assassinated right around the time of college graduation. And these deaths got me to thinking about the questions of purpose. Why am I here? What am I here to do? What is my purpose? Now, I'm only thinking about these questions. There are no answers. And after Kennedy's assassination uh, in 1968, it's seven years later that I'm invited to a presentation on ending world hunger put on by the Hunger Project. And I go to this event thinking, hunger's inevitable. What do I know? I'm a musician. I'm thinking, well, there are no solutions. Again, I'm a musician. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. There are no solutions, I'm thinking, because if there were solutions, somebody would have done something by now. But I go to this event, and it's obvious right away there's no mystery to growing food or clean water, basic health, literacy. I'm not hopeless about the perceived lack of solutions. I'm hopeless about human nature. People will just never get around to doing the things that can be done. But there's one human nature I have some control over, my own. And my question, why am I here? What am I here to do? The questions of purpose so I get involved in a big way. And this is the end of the story. In 1978 and 1979, 
I spoke to 7,000 high school students classroom by classroom. And before I went into the first classroom, I read statements from Jimmy Carter's Commission on World Hunger and others calling for the political will to end hunger. So I asked 7,000 high school students, what's the name of your member of Congress? I don't want to know if you wrote them. I don't want to know, just the name. And out of 7,000 asked, 200, fewer than 3% could answer correctly. 6,800, over 97% could not answer correctly. And results, this anti-poverty lobby I founded grew out of this gap between the calls for the political will to end hunger on the one hand and the lack of basic information on who represented us in Washington on the other. And so I, I think it's so important when we talk about reclaiming our democracy and making a difference that we know our why and we share it, that volunteers and staff are clear about their why and share it because it's really the fundamental foundation of why we do what we do. Yeah, it's uh, that's just such a great story because uh, it, it it illuminates this idea. And, and let's just talk a little bit about results. Once you sort of gained this conviction that you could make a difference by harnessing people, organizing to write letters and write uh, op-eds and letters to the editor to change the perception of public opinion. Things changed, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Walk us through a little bit what well, happened as a result of results. Well, if I could just go back a little farther and just say, when we started, I make this point in the book that we were lucky that nobody came up to it. We were in Los Angeles. And the question was, how do we make a difference in D.C. from Los Angeles? And we were lucky that no one came up to us and said, wow, this is really important. Here's $50,000. Let's get this thing up and run. Nobody came up with, with that. So all we had was our time and our question, how do we make a difference from Los Angeles? And we have eventually expanded a lot in Washington, D.C. And it's a longer story. But in, in simple terms, we started lobbying on child survival issues in 1984. I was already in the middle of my five 21-city trips. The Eastern and Delta Airlines used to offer 21 flights for $649 if you did them in 21 days. And I was expanding results to 50 chapters in 27 states. And we started lobbying on child survival issues where UNICEF, the UN Children's Fund, was reporting that 40,000 children a day were dying from preventable things, things like measles coupled with malnutrition. And results volunteers have lobbied every year for nearly 40 years. And the global child death rate has dropped from 40,000 a day to 13,800 a day, it's nearly a 66% decline in global child deaths. And I, I love this. Um, in 1986, we were lobbying to ch triple the child survival fund 
from 25 to 75 million dollars and the end of the campaign we would reach the volunteers generated 90 newspaper not letters to the editor newspaper editorials that year and i would send them four or five at a time to key leaders in the last batch of the 90 i got the cover letter back from jim grant the head of unicef who'd written on the bottom of the letter I thank you in my mind, at least weekly, for what you and your colleagues are accomplishing. And I thought I should do it at least once this year in writing. And that was 1986. And 27 years later, a former deputy executive director of UNICEF, Kuld Gautam, basically said the same thing in uh, an interview in the New York Times, that the reason the Child Survival Fund increased so dramatically is because of the work of results, and that led many other countries to come on board. So this 66% decline wasn't only results, but when it comes to the advocacy, results was a central leader in the US and then Britain and Canada and Australia and elsewhere in this uh, tremendous progress that uh, volunteers had a real hand in. Yeah, that's great. It it, it really is just profound work with a, a huge impact. About 20 years ago, you wrote Reclaiming Our Democracy, which is uh, a lot of the lessons you learned from results. Now you've updated it. Why is it important to update it in 2024? Well, the thing is, you, I have to tell you, I'm going to answer it two different ways. One is everyone knows that if you look at the headlines and you look at the opinion sections, oh my, what are we going to do about our democracy? Our democracy is in trouble. We need to really get our act together. So it's really in the news. I do want to say this other thing. One of the things I train people to do in results and many other groups is to write letters to the editor. And basically, this is oversimplified, you look for an article or an editorial that's an opening to the issue you want to talk about. Well, I've done a modified results letters to the editor project with this book, Reclaiming Our Democracy, where I've looked for openings to the ideas in the book. And then I write the journalist, not the editor, not a letter to the editor, but I write the columnist or the producer of the radio show, etc. I have written more than 350 journalists in 2023 in all of that year. And 108 have written back asking for an advance copy of the book. It's kind of like it's so in the news that, um, uh, you know, they're kind of hungry for ideas and, and you know, what can be done. Um, uh, and so it's, uh, I just felt it was really needed uh, to update it. So I've removed 12 chapters and sections and I've added seven new chapters and sections. And so it's a, a completely revised and updated edition. Well, it's it's just fantastic, uh, the, the work that you're doing and the impact you're having. Um, 
there is on the cover, let me just pull this up one last time here, but there is on the cover uh, a puzzle piece that's out of place. What What is that intended to communicate? Well, basically, we're saying that there's a missing piece in this puzzle, and the, the missing piece is us, basically. And, um, you know, one of the things I say in the book that, that it, 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 the book presents uh, uh, a way to make a difference and heal our democracy in the process. It's, the only, it's not the only piece that's missing, but it's one crucially missing piece, citizens awakening to our power. And so I think it's sad but true that we don't really get our power. We don't really get the difference that we can make. And, um, you know, I, I think that's something that's really important. If I can make this other yeah. point, one of the big distinctions, it's in the subtitle, Every Citizen's Guide to Transformational Advocacy. I make this big point in the book, the distinction between transactional advocacy, sign the petition, transaction complete, and transformational advocacy, where people are trained, encouraged, and then succeed at doing things as advocates they never thought they could do, and as a result, see themselves in a new light. And I frankly got this from uh, Johns Hopkins professor Hari Han. She actually talks about transactional mobilizing. I call it transactional advocacy. And she talks about transformational organizing. That Her focus is a bit more on what the staff does, mobilizing and organizing. And my focus is a bit more on what the volunteers do, advocacy. And But the inspiration for the idea, we'd been doing it for decades. She just named it the transactional uh, advocacy and transformational advocacy. And I think it's an important distinction for viewers to understand that, no, 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 signing a petition that feels sometimes not quite satisfying, that's not all there is. There are organizations that can help you have breakthroughs. Uh, I, I talk about um, moving out of your comfort zone to over where the magic happens. Uh, moving out of where, well, I couldn't do that, over to doing things that surprise yourself and frankly build confidence. Yeah, and that's what yeah. we need to do. For sure. Yeah, we are that missing piece, aren't we? Yeah. Well, uh, listen, everybody, we're here with Sam Daly Harris, author of Reclaiming Our Democracy and the founder of Results. Uh, really, one of the people who uh, can be credited with saving millions uh, upon millions of lives over the last 30, 40 years. With lots uh, we're of thrilled partners. To have him. <laughs> with lots of yeah. partners. With lots of partners. But we'll come back in a minute here and we'll talk to Sam about his superpower. So stick around. You don't want to miss this. Ever wonder if you can raise money with a community round on WeFunder? It may not be as tricky as you think. You can start right now. Start in under two minutes. Visit wefunder.s4g.biz or scan the QR code to begin. Give it a try. Want to learn from the world's great changemakers? Find your superpower. 
Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers number four, good.com. Join us at Supercrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. March 21st at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Sam Daly-Harris, author of Reclaiming Our Democracy. And uh, this is just a, a great conversation. Uh, we're we're going to talk to Sam now about his superpower. Sam, you know, I don't know that anybody I've had on the show has a better claim to having saved more lives or impacted more people than you. Uh, that's really quite a claim. I've had some remarkable people, including Bill Gates on the show, and I don't think anybody beat you. Um, what is your superpower? Well, you and I have discussed this before, and I'm going to stick with my answer, but I think I'm going to go a little deeper into it. My superpower is that I'm in on the joke. And I want to say it this way. I I think that there is a, well, let me say it this way. We know we make a difference in our family and we make a difference on our block. And yes, we make a difference in our community. But I say that when we look to our state and our nation and our world, people don't see the, the difference they make. Not enough. And I'm, I don't know, it's just crystal clear to me. Uh, I'm in on the joke that it's not accurate that we don't make a difference. We do. And uh, I, I just, I see it in, in a crystal clear way. And let me, let me give another expression of it. One of the things that I say in the book is we really want to head toward transformational advocacy. And here's what you look for in a group uh, when you're looking for a group that delivers transformational advocacy. And there are three things, and I'll list them. And those three things get you to see the difference you make. So you could, let's say, be in on the joke, which is, no, you do make a difference. Don't believe all that stuff that you read or you think that you don't. And so thing one, when you're looking for a group, uh, the, the two key words are enrollment and community building. In other words, is this group constantly bringing new people in, forming them into chapters so they're not working alone, and then having whole of organization webinars each month that are inspiring? So they're enrolling new people because you're not going to make a difference on your own, stay one, no more, no one else comes. Bringing new people in, forming them into chapters, and then having whole of organization inspiring webinars each month, building community. So that's number one, enrollment and building community. Number two, uh, building your skills. Your tr so training the people who have come in, how do you meet with a member of Congress? How do you meet with an editorial writer? How do you write a letter to the editor? How do you table at Earth Day in, in a more powerful way. So number two uh, is building your skills. 
And number three is helping you have breakthroughs. And it's really the breakthroughs that build your confidence and have you see that you make the difference. When that first letter to the editor is published, you're reading it and go, wow, somebody thinks my message is important. And I'm just not talking to one friend. I'm talking to the hundred or the thousand or the 10,000 or 100,000 who read the letters to the editor in my paper. So um, find an organization that uh, is engaged in enrollment and community building, that's engaged in building your capability, and that helps you move uh, out of your comfort zone and have breakthroughs. And when that happens, you start making the difference you never thought you could make. You're engaged in transformational advocacy and you're in on the joke that, no, no, you can actually make a profound difference. Yeah, that's, that is really, uh, I think, a, a great superpower. And I appreciate you walking us through some of those key aspects. Um, I, I want to drill down in this way with you quickly, ask you to take a minute and think of a specific example of when you sort of applied the principles to solve a, a specific problem where you saw a, a big success that you're proud of using your in on the jokeness superpower. Okay, I didn't give you two, but okay, I'll give you one. So um, uh, in 2019, the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis and Malaria had saved 38 million lives since its inception in 2002 to 2019 and it was up for a three-year replenishment. And President Trump uh, called for a 29% cut to the Global Fund to fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria. Now, most people would go, well, what can you do? You can't fight City Hall. President's calling for a... No, 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 no. Results volunteers, there were others, but results volunteers led in getting hundreds of Republicans and Democrats to sign letters to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, to the leaders of the appropriating subcommittees in the House and Senate, to co-sponsor resolutions, all in support of the full funding for the Global Fund to fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria. And at the end of that year, 2019, two Republicans and two Democrats stood on a stage in Lyon, France, at the Global Fund replenishment, and announced that the US Congress would increase the Global Fund by 16%. And by the end of the year, the president, President Trump, signed into law uh, legislation that didn't cut it by 29%, but increased the Global Fund by 16%. Now, most people would have given up. Well, what can you do? I don't know. People knew how to meet their member of Congress. They knew how to write letters to the editor. They knew how to meet with editorial writers. And they made a really big uh, change. And uh, a couple of years later, the Global Fund had saved 50 million lives and its partners from AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria. So that's uh, one example. Um, that's a great example. It's can I give example. you another one? Just It's a different no. Kind of 
Okay. <laughs> we are out of time, but okay. we have time for you to tell us before we wrap up, we have just time for you to tell us how people can learn more about you, how they can connect yep. with you, connect with and get the book, most importantly. Yeah. What What's the secret here? Well, if you go to the book's website, you can also link to Civic Courage and the like. But let me give you a couple of websites. Getting the book, you can do that easily. Find Barnes & Noble and Indie Books and Amazon. Reclaimingourdemocracy.org. So if you go to reclaimingourdemocracy.org, oh, sorry, .com, that's important. Reclaimingourdemocracy.com. You will not only get the book, but you also find out a way to get on uh, the website. You can also go to civiccourage.org and you can let me know about groups you'd like to be connected with. Is it a group on climate? Is it a group on poverty? Is it a group on peace issues? These are some of the kinds of groups, results, and Citizens Climate Lobby and the Quaker Lobby FCNL that I've coached and I can help connect you with. Um, so I think that's where Fantastic. people should that's go. That's great. Well, uh, Sam, we uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on the show today. We want to wish you every success in, in relaunching the book and, and getting that extra message out to more people uh, who can be in on the joke. We want to see you succeed. All righty, let's do some fun.